on this episode of Conspiracy Theorist. Penal probing, it gets a bad rap, and it's kind of fun. Like, why would anyone ever go to Roswell, New Mexico? The Nazi doctor, come on, you know it. It's Debbie. And next thing I know, my butthole's hurting. Spaceman! Right, but on an alien anal probing, it's more of just a... It's like, it's like a wild night. Whoa, 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 what's going on, YouTube? We are back with another drug-enabling, high-performance, athletic, perfectly, perfectly legal drug. Yeah, subs- uh, supplement. It was, it's a supplement. It's a supplement. It's a supplement. You can get it at right. GNC, yeah. which stands for girls not coming. That's the thing we don't talk about. It's an, it's an unfair advantage that they get mm-hmm. because... Yeah, imagine... It's, like, v- it's really easy to identify the tip of a penis. It's very hard to find a clitoris. Unless so, you're in... Unless you're in... Um, our penis tips don't look like other penis tips city because in that city right. they're right. not easily identifiable. Right, because they look like other things, like perhaps other things. A, a zipper on the to your jeans, Maybe corn on the cob, mouse pad. Could be. Could be a mouse Maybe pad. Maybe even a mouse trap, cheese and all. Have you ever... Has anyone on planet Earth actually played a game of mouse trap start to finish? No. <laughs> you don't think there's one group of people that sat down? You know what? Let's do it and record it. <laughs> we have to hold ourselves. We have to at play by the rules 100%. Okay. No, it's I. It's probably like way easier than it seems, and we were just little and didn't want to put the shit together. Yeah. I think now, I always gave up at the setting it up phase. I was like, oh, work goes into this. Ugh. But even, but even still, like, don't you like go around a board and collect pieces of f-ing cardboard cheese and shit? Honestly, I don't know. I, I think I looked at it and said, I'm not f-ing playing that. And I'm going to build the trap. I'm going to watch the trap and then I'm going to put it away. Yeah. I less. Can we do anything? We have Smash Bros, right? On some. Yeah. It, it's some iteration of it. Let's just do that instead. Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever played a game of Mousetrap. Past opening wonder, the box. And this is just this is me this is me completely out of pocket here. I wonder if there's a way to combine mousetrap in D and D. Like the dungeon mousetrap campaign is the mousetrap. A mousetrap campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I know. I know next to nothing about D and D, so I, I don't think know it could. That trans- I think you can make that work. Welcome back, Oof, man. That might cons- be our worst. <laughs> that might be our longest. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost at 10 minutes here, man. What is this podcast about? We've been gone for too long. Sorry, I was abducted by aliens. These guys took two weeks off. (laughs) These guys took two weeks off. And they come back and they're talking about Michael Buble. Yes, correct. Yeah, so where were we these last two weeks? Getting anally probed by aliens. We were abducted. And we now come down with uh, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Today on Conspiracy Realist, we're going to be talking about how anal probing gets a bad rap, and it's kind of fun. When you consider it against the other forms of probing, which is... Right. The only other one they've discovered is removing your brain and scanning it, which is pretty brutal because you literally die. Right. 
but on an alien anal probing, it's more of just the, it's like, it's like a wild night, but also for science. All right. So on the, on the, if, if you've been, if you're a new time listener, hi, if you're as someone who's listened to some of them before, you know, we've, 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 we've danced around aliens on the podcast before, but never really did aliens. You know what I mean? Like Anunnaki, I, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, we. I don't yeah. think you can really classify the truthism Anunnaki thing as alien. So, other than that, the closest thing was uh, the unidentified sound that Ohio researchers found that could have been an alien signal, potentially. Yeah, and even then, that was like super vague. Yeah. So, this is uh, this is the, the the mothership of all alien conspiracies. So, I figured, what better one to start with in our journeys of now adding aliens to the list of things that we talk about than the UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico. I've been so excited for this one. You know, it's it's one of those things, it's so infamous, but when you, when I did, when I looked more into it, um, it's, it's very interesting what the, the actual story is behind it and what implications it leaves, because I feel like everybody knows, it's a household name, the Roswell, New Mexico alien crash, but if you ask an average person to elaborate that isn't like into conspiracies. Yeah, the answer kind of just becomes like, oh, Roswell. Yeah, yeah, Roswell. Yeah, yeah, you know, alien right. crash. Yeah, whatever. Aliens, thought, Roswell, of course. Yeah, but no, yeah. like, okay, but what happened? Something, because something did happen. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, but. <laughs> but it's just like, there was, there was factual things that it wasn't just like a, aha, uh-huh, we made up that aliens crash. Like, there was a, an event. Right. And I don't know anything about Roswell as a city. Yeah, as far as New Mexico Our goes, I township. know Albuquerque, and that's that's as far as my... My knowledge of New Mexico is strictly limited to the events of High School Musical 2. That's fair. Right, I guess, I guess High School Musical 1 also, because I think their high school was based in was Albuquerque, based, New Mexico. Right, so in summer break, they're still in... That's about the extent of what I know about New Mexico, though. Yeah, I'd say I'm right with you. That and uh, whatever Breaking Bad told me, which... That's a heightened reality anyways. Right. And also, I guess, I always thought Roswell was elsewhere, I think. I think I always, like, put it near Nevada and Arizona. Yeah, because you think desert crash area 51, like, I mean, Roswell, New Mexico is a a very desolate area like that. Um, Right. But it's, it's a different desolate area than the other desolate areas. But yeah, it's like it, it's very much like those. Uh, at least from so, a lot of the pictures I'm seeing, probably on a main stretch of road here, and you know, not all of uh, Roswell, obviously. You know, it, it literally looks like those long uh, shots in Breaking Bad with the brush and the yellow yellow grass, and you know what I mean. The tumbleweed rolls the tumble- by. Yeah, it's you know, it's that kind of perfect for a little alien story, really. Yeah, really, what yeah. it was was I, I, like many things that uh, conspiracies that we end up talking about, and honestly, what I'm coming to find is the majority of the popular ones are have some way, shape, or form deal with the Cold War. Yeah, that seemed to be a big time where people but were just. I, it makes sense though. Because yeah, it's so, so much weird shit was going on. Because I feel like people were obviously I can't sp- I, I can only speak from what I am observing through base level knowledge of history. But two world wars had happened. I think people were done doing that for a little bit, so they were finding right. other ways to f- with each other. <laughs> well, and then we invented nukes, and it was like, well, we can't just 
we can't just launch them. Yeah, so if you do this, you know, it's 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 the end. So it was like, all right, so what else can we do? I guess we could pretend little gray men are invading the whatever. It's funny because I restarted Destroy All Humans again because it came out. Oh, like, yeah, on, classic. Yeah, and it was just like the two options. Every time someone freaks out, they go, little green men, or they go, Communists, and it's like, that's like unfortunately pretty accurate. That was the, probably the reaction they saw a UFO and they were like, "Oh my god, aliens!" Or they were like, "Goddamn Russians!" And it makes sense because of all the spy planes and shit with the space race and everything. Too, what else is out there? And aliens became a huge craze. Movies, pop culture, ate it up. Yeah, you have this weird confluence of. Uh, sci-fi authors like H.G. Wells writing The War of the Worlds at the same time that you had all these big abduction stories hitting the news and it was a weird combination of all these things just coalescing at once that had to have been kicked off somewhere and presumably that would be what we're talking about today. Yeah, and this it's uh, this was 1947, so... I mean, so we're fresh out of World War Two. Yeah, and this is sort of the beginning times of the quote-unquote Cold War. And in that summer of 1947, U.S. Army Air Forces had to have a whole press release with it to, you know, talk about what it was since word had been getting around. They had to actually say something about it. So they announced they recovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. So it actually wasn't like in Roswell. It was in a like a large farm ranch area near Roswell. <laughs> now, I mean, Roswell itself. I mean, I guess since Roswell is the closest town, it's still Roswell. Because, I mean, the town itself now has the UFO Museum and Research Center. They have that flying saucer themed McDonald's. They got streetlights. They have that little those statues of the alien family stranded on a like a, a broken down UFO on the side of State Route 285. Just like a bunch of different. Like if you watch like a documentary on like New Mexico, like you'll they'll show you all this shit. It's just kind of you know it's tourist trap shit because of the story. Which is just interesting that it took on such a life to be like a defining characteristic of that city you're that you're the alien yeah city. i think they actually renamed the highway where roswell was extraterrestrial highway or <laughs> something along those lines yeah like they're just, just milking like, it god no one wants to come i mean like why would anyone ever go to roswell new mexico other than to see right yeah there's UFO i mean stuff. i would no, none of us would even probably know unless you lived in the state or the area, what Roswell even is. For something that should be kept under wraps, they're very open about it. Well, it is interesting that Roswell was uh, kind of coined as the, the wreckage happened on a large farmland in Lincoln County, New Mexico, which is roughly 75 miles north of Roswell. Oh, so that's that's not close. <laughs> but I guess in the grand scheme of things, that's close enough. It's over an hour away, so I wouldn't... Yeah, I, I, I consider that a completely different area. Yeah. <laughs> but, sure. And apparently that summer there had been other reports of flying discs or saucers in that actually made national news that same summer, which I guess that is what led the rancher to think that the wreckage, which is, was quoted as including tinfoil rubber pieces and thick paper, might be something of the alien nature. So when, when that crashed... He brought some of the material 
to the sheriff of Roswell, which I guess is why Roswell, because mm, I, I guess like the, the nearest, the nearest okay, yeah, actual yeah. like civilization <laughs> was it was just Roswell. farmland, and then there was Roswell, the city. Roswell seventy five miles, which south. was like which was at least four buildings. So they were like, <laughs> oh boy, that's that's a city if I had ever seen one. This gets into some. The story is actually pretty convoluted with like military chain of command and whatnot because Rancher brings it to the sheriff of Roswell who brings it to the commander of the Roswell Army Airfield. And so they have the the RAAF, the Roswell Army Airfield, now has possession of it from the sheriff, from the rancher. And they jump the gun. They release a statement the following day saying, the many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers in the sheriff's office of Chavez. That's a statement the government released? <laughs> they, the next day? The next day. And then the next day, the day after that, they took back the flying saucer claim <laughs> and instead said that the debris was just from a weather balloon and released pictures of an intelligence officer with the pieces of the weather balloon as the quote-unquote proof. Major Jesse A. Marcel was the only one who was mainly in possession of the debris and who had released a lot of the press info on it. He was like the guy that the press job fell onto because he had possession of it. This guy, <laughs> Marcel... So if that wasn't suspicious enough. And the crazy thing is, is like, I feel like in the modern day, the government would have to jump on something like that. They'd be like, look, like you'd see it from like the at CIA Twitter account where they'd be like, not a UFO, just a weather balloon. So it was like that, but in the paper because it was the late Which 40s. is so weird because it's like news didn't travel instantaneously. You could have had people sit on that for a few days. Been like, hey, well, hold on. I feel like people were so freaked out at the time, too, from Russia that, that they felt like they probably had to. You know, Red Scare and all that. It seems like uh, people bought it, I guess. I mean, obviously there were conspiracies and people that, you know, talked about it at the time. But it was kind of like you either thought it was aliens or thought it was a weather balloon and everyone went on with their lives until... 1994. So, geez, how many years is that from 47 to 94? 47 years. So, yeah. So almost 50 years later, the U.S. Air Force finally admits the weather balloon story was phony and the wreckage was actually from a spy device created for Project Mogul, which was classified at the time, so they couldn't talk about it. So that's convenient. Oh, those MIB bastards. What they explained what uh, Project Mogul was was a connected string of high-altitude balloons that had microphones. It was supposed to float over the USSR and pick up sound waves at a distance. So their, their explanation for lying about the weather balloon was because Project Mogul was a covert operation and it was necessary to keep it under wraps at the time, which is so convenient. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And they, they could also say we f***ing made fox-shaped balloons to scare the Japanese. Cause apparently balloons were all the rage for the government. At the time, they just they fucking loved balloons. They were all about it. Everything involved balloons. Yeah, there's a lot of balloonage going on. Uh, when did Balloon Fighter for the NES come Well, out? guess in time. 1984. That's a bad year for that to come out. <laughs> 1984? <laughs> 1984. <laughs> Very Orwellian. Balloon Fighter. NES. <laughs> wow. 
Read read into that what you will. It's actually kind of a fun game. I have it on the Switch NES library. I actually don't think I've played it, but I might. It's it's worth the. It's a little. It's 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 silly little game. Anyways, the, one of the main things about Roswell 2 with the with the alien crash is that, you know, when you hear about conspiracies involving it and you hear the, like, generalized stories about it, people are always talking about alien bodies or there was an alien body recovered, which in the actual story and the uh, press release, not, nothing of the sort was even remotely disclosed. But apparently people that lived in the area, the eyewitnesses, so to say, which is strange because I thought just the rancher was the only guy who was there, but apparently... There are other eyewitnesses that at the time of the crash claimed that there were alien bodies taken from the site. Oh, like they paraded them through town and they were like, well, look what we found on our damn farms. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of aliens. I don't think you should put them in a box like that. Sorry to the people of Roswell, New Mexico. I know you don't all speak like that. Some of you are probably of, well, more... Medium intelligence. <laughs> more sophisticated descent. Well, that's on the ranch, too. Yee-hoo. So I just think it's funny that to respond to the claims of alien bodies, an official report in 1997 that was explained by the government that those alien bodies that people claimed to have saw were fallen parachute test dummies. That leaves me with a few questions because initially it was said, again that only one rancher found some pieces of the wreckage, and now they're saying there were more people there and even took it another step to explain why they would have seen bodies when they didn't have to respond to that at all. Yeah, right, because the government, that I mean, Roswell's a pretty small area. They could have just been like, there were no bodies. For them to, what, 50 years later be like, well, those were test dummies, and, and why do your test dummies look like alien greys? Why don't they just look like humans? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's from the same article I read on History.com. So I'm just trying to imagine the government being like, "All right, Sarge, do you want to? Um, so we're gonna we're gonna test these parachutes. We're gonna test these balloons. Um, we were thinking about making the dummies about five foot ten with fairly accurate human proportions. We might be off by a few pounds here or there, but." Nothing, nothing's just going to throw off our calculations. It's like, mm, what if we made him three foot 11, his head is two feet big, and his skin is gray and leathery? Why, why, <laughs> why would, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we just roll with what you, I'm just, just curious to see what a four foot 11 slimy gray motherfucker might land like. like do you? Is there something you want to talk about? Look in my ass. I got probed. That is absolutely just a dildo. Oh. That, that is just a regular human dildo, sir. You're going to say it's f***ing aliens or you'll never work in this town again. All right. That is an alien probe. I'm so sorry we didn't notice that at first that's how it went boys and girls that's how it went that's how that's how most presidential elections ended also <laughs> but okay so uh <laughs> so. a guy named donald schmidt he was a ufo researcher who a guy donald schmidt he's a ufo Schmitty. researcher Schmitty, mr schmidt he uh he spent nearly three decades investigating the roswell incident and he is actually the co-founder of the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell. He says the flying saucer story was so ostentatious that... Hey, Austin, hey, hey, hey. That, <laughs> What? 
he was basically saying it was bound to draw attention to the area because it had military operations going on at the time. He says, two hours west of Roswell, the first atomic bomb was detonated. You had ongoing atomic research at Los Alamos. You had all this testing of captured German V-2 rockets at the White Sands. And at Roswell, you had the first atomic bomb squadron headquartered. The thought that they would have intentionally set up any type of publicity as a distraction, if anything, they needed less attention. So he was saying... It wasn't the government trying to, you know, start something or get a rise out of people or scare people because it, that would have been counterproductive to their interests at the time. But also that sounds like a very government thing to say. Right. There's uh, that that theory that it was like a red scare thing on purpose was mostly talked about in the book Area 51, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base. Hell yeah, brother. saying that the crashed flying saucer was neither extraterrestrial nor the work of U.S. spies. Rather, it was an unconventional plan to induce widespread American panic implemented by Soviet strongman Joseph Stalin. Of all the places, if look, I, you know, I'm not a fan of the government, nor am I a fan of the Russian government, because by proxy, but... If I was a Russian government official and I was going to startle America, I wouldn't send a UFO to New Mexico. I'd, I'd send it to, like, New York City or Los Angeles or, like, one of the, you know, one of the big places. The biggins. You wouldn't just be like, ah, f***ing, send it to the desert, brother, where the, the, the farmers are f***ing stupid, like... No, you send it somewhere where people are going to see it. I mean, I, I guess I guess you could argue that it's the perfect place to send it. I, I, either way, that's just one of those outdoor theory. <laughs> out, that's one of those out there theories. We've got indoor theories. We've got outdoor we've got theories. outdoor theories. We kind of have a hybrid. You've got theories you could talk about over a drink around your kitchen island with your marble countertops. Mm-hmm. Gotta be and those are those, those are those are your normal theories. Those those are your Bigfoot, your your Mothman, your run of the mill, run of the mill day to day. But then every now and then the boys want a cigar, and when the boys want a cigar, that means mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get into the the niche shit. Friend soup, you get in a hot tub, you get a cigar, you get so fucking dehydrated, you don't even care. That's an outdoor. <laughs> that's, that's when you get outdoor. So on right. that note, actually, I have a uh, <laughs> an unnamed source who worked as an engineer at Area 51 for the uh, defense contractor EG&G told that book's author, Annie Jacobson, a veteran national security journalist and Pulitzer Prize nominee, that the program had been designed by Nazi concentration camp doctor. <laughs> oh boy You know the one The Nazi doctor Come on you know it Uh Oh Oh th- I'm gonna This is gonna look so bad for me Well it's looking worse for me Because I know it But I don't know how to pronounce it So I wanted you to say Is it, it Heinrich Maneuver? No It's Debbie Oh de- de- Just Joseph, Debbie Joseph <laughs> Joseph Mengele Me- Men- Mengele Oh Menge- Joseph Mengele Mengele Is it Mengele? Is it Mengele? Is it, it might be Mengele. How to pronounce Mengele. Oh, yeah. I got a f***ing 30-second video of how to pronounce it, and there's an ad. Mengele. 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 Rewind. Annie Jacobson said that the unnamed source told her that the program had been designed by Nazi concentration camp doctor 
Joseph Mengele. According to the source, adolescent children were deformed by the Soviets to resemble aliens and then deployed in the aircraft to fly over New Mexico. And according to this book as well, Stalin's plan was for the children to climb out and be mistaken for visitors from Mars. And panic would ensue, and America's early warning radar system would be overwhelmed with sightings of other UFOs. Oh, so not only were they just putting people in fake UFOs, they were putting children in them. It's If, if it was Joseph Stalin's big master plan, according to this crazy oh person, yes. Oh my god, that's <laughs> <laughs> so it's so convoluted. I just thought, I've never heard that. Well, no, me. I just because I was like, it's one thing with the theories about our government and you know aliens, but the 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 Soviet Nazi collaboration story is. I mean, I I was I was happy to find that. We got to find this book. We talk about the f-ed up shit we did during this Cold War, but the Soviets were doing equally, if not more, f-ed up stuff. Oh yeah. So. I guess throwing a big ass alien head on a kid and saying, get out there. It's just <laughs> like, crazy that that theory is written in a book by Annie Jacobson, who was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. He was a good writer. And I guess that theory could go some way in explaining the wreckage described by Major Marcel. His son, Marcel Jr., he wrote oh. a book called The Roswell Legacy. Phenomenal. And he said in that book that his father brought some of the UFO wreckage home, allowing him to handle the debris before he it was then taken back to the base. So Marcel Jr. wrote that it was metallic and, in quote, I could see what looked like writing. At first, I thought Egyptian hieroglyphics, but there were no animal outlines or figures. They weren't mathematical figures either. They were more like geometric symbols, squares, circles, triangles, pyramids, and the like. Marcel Jr. was 11 years old at the time, the Cold War only just beginning, and it just like, did he see writing on this shit? Was he just saying that to make money? So he wrote a book like, oh yeah, that was my dad. I, I saw, I was 11 and he brought some of it home. Yeah. There were there were dummies, then there weren't, then it was a saucer, then it was a weather balloon, then it was fucking symbols on it. Like, that's why this case is so fucking infamous, because nobody could get their shit straight on it. Which just makes it so sketchy. Oh yeah, there was an alien, or there wasn't an alien, or there 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 were two aliens. Or the, uh, sorry, there were none, and there was a crash. No, there wasn't. It was just a weather balloon, and and I didn't see anything, but I saw everything. It's also worth noting, in 1995, there was film footage showing this uh, alien autopsy that was reportedly taken by a U.S. military official shortly after the Roswell incident was released and released by a guy named Ray Santilli, and he was a London-based video entrepreneur, says Wikipedia. The footage caused an international sensation when it aired on television networks, and then Santilli admitted in 2006 that the film was mostly a reconstruction, but it it was based on genu- <laughs> it was based on genuine footage uh, that's now lost, and uh, there were some original frames that were in there that supposedly survived. Mm. Naturally. So. Naturally, right, right. Yeah, so it was, he had it, but he lost it. So that was a recreation, but but some of the frames of that recreation. A few, a few frames. One second of video is one frame of 24, but a couple of those are How real. How do we keep those and lose the rest? Don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. You don't know also, what you're talking there, about. There's an actual uh, interesting book here that I have some passages from. This guy, Carl Flock, he wrote a book called Roswell, 
inconvenient facts, and the will to believe. And I'm going to read this passage straight from it. He says, The case for Roswell is a classic example of the triumph of quantity over quality. The advocates of the crash saucer tale simply shovel everything that seems to support their view into the box marked evidence and say, See? Look at all this stuff. We must be right. Never mind the contradictions. Never mind the lack of independent supporting facts. Never mind the blatant absurdities. <laughs> he says the UFO field is comprised of people who are willing to take advantage of the gullibility of others, especially the paying public. Let's not pull any punches here. The Roswell UFO myth has been very good business for UFO groups, publishers, for Hollywood, the town of Roswell, the media, and UFOology. The number of researchers who employ science and its disciplined methodology is appallingly small. Condescending and rude. <laughs> who is who is he to act like science? is superior to pseudoscience. We Outlandish. are pseudoscientists here on Conspiracy Rules. Outlandish is what I would say about that. Those claims. Pseudoscience is just as real as science. And don't look up the definition of the the, the term pseudo, because it, it, it just means very real, very and real science. He, he really, uh, Flock, he went into it. He noted that of these 300-plus individuals reportedly interviewed for UFO crash at Roswell in 1991, only 41 can be considered genuine first- or second-hand witnesses, and only 23 can be reasonably thought to have seen physical evidence like the debris. Of these, only seven have asserted anything suggestive of otherworldly origins for the debris. I don't know why he's... He's on a crusade to disprove <laughs> <laughs> For real. And Marcel... The guy who found it said the material may have looked like tinfoil and balsa wood, but the resemblance ended there. They took one picture of me on the floor holding up some of the less interesting metallic debris. The stuff in that one photo was pieces of the actual stuff we found. It was not a stage photo. Timothy Printy points out that the material Marcel positively identified as being part of what he recovered is material that skeptics and UFO advocates agree is debris from a balloon device. And after that fact was pointed out to him, Marcel changed his story to say that the material was not what he recovered. So skeptics like Robert Todd argued that Marcel had a history of embellishment and exaggeration, such as claiming to have been a pilot and having received five air medals for shooting down enemy planes. And they were claims that all found to be false. And skeptics feel that his sort of evolving Roswell story was simply another instance of his tendency to fabricate. So he kind of had a history of it. Mm. On one hand, not surprising that somebody would lie about their government involvement. On the other hand, not impossible that the government could change records. Because you could say, oh, we have a government record showing this guy joined this branch of the military, did these things, and then quit. But also, do we trust the government to not have changed those records right 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 it, it it basically all leads back to nothing but inconclusive and it's sus it's pretty it's sus, sus. It, it, no matter how you slice it simple explanations aside something's not right there it is funny that roswell is like the quintessential alien ufo case and 85 percent of it has nothing to do with aliens. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, ah, oh, shit, something something fell in the desert, and the government is kind of weird about it. But beyond that, yeah. 
Could have been aliens, could have been bodies, didn't want to disclose it. Maybe it was Project f***ing Mogul, maybe it was a f***ing weather balloon. But why are they so weird about it? Right. Yeah, it's weird that they were weird, but at the same time, like, other alien cases have happened where people were blatantly like, Yep, y'all know the aliens, they took me on up in their flying saucer. They stuck a metallic claw up my butthole. And I'm not going to lie, it didn't feel terrible. But then when I got dropped down on back on my damn farm, all my damn dare cows were dead. I found out I'd been gone for six weeks. Thought it had been six minutes. You really uh, you really don't like uh, farmers. You really, well, it's just you're, you're painting it them just as seems, brain dead. It just dead. seems like farmers get abducted. They're the backbone of America. They're the backbone of America. You wouldn't be able to well, eat feel, your it food. It feels like they get abducted more than <laughs> anyone else. No one on Wall Street is coming out being like, oh, "Yeah, I put uh, thirty-eight billion into uh, crypto, and then I saw the bright lights, and next thing I know, I'm in my." Manhattan apartment, 38th floor, overlooking Broadway and 5th. Thank you. And all of a sudden, I, I had a glass of champagne in my hand, and I, I don't even remember getting there. It's always like, yeah, well, my wife, Better Lou, she, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she cussed at the black boy next door, and she might have said a few choice words. But we won't do bear repeating here. And all of a sudden, there was a bright light up in the air. And next thing I know, my butthole's hurting. I'm lying in bed, and I don't know if it's if it's Betty Lou enacting on her female liberties or spaceman. All right, that's fair. You won me. It up. just seems like the vast majority of these cases happen happen to be. Folk who might not have pursued education. Uh, secondary education, they might have remained isolated. They might only get right. one. So you're newspaper. not you're not saying it's farmers. Just it's these people that have told right, 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 right. Just in my experience of reading aliens abduction stories, it's never been uh, an educated urban person. Or even suburban. It tends to be rural. It tends to be people who have not pursued education. And it just begs the question, it, it look, it look, if you were an alien and you went to a different planet and you wanted to learn about the uh, predominant species there, would you abduct, you know, the bumpkins or would you abduct the average folk who might? Well, there's a, I have a couple answers to that, to go down this hole. One, it might be easier to take the bumpkins. Well, absolutely. Absolutely, it's easier. Yeah, for sure. Two, two, they might just view all humans like cattle and not even see a substantial difference between a bumpkin and a city boy yeah fair enough so it's hard to say it's hard to say i guess i just like to think that maybe aliens would take a uh a more equivalent approach you know they'd they'd want to span the 
the the social spectrum there. They'd be like, well, we'll, we'll take, take a take a couple bumpkins. We'll take a couple Wall Street bankers. Pick up a few people from the PTA meeting. Combine them all. We'll get a we'll get a good sample group here. We're picking up on a few th- choice themes. I'm j- mostly I'm just worried that their research might have inevitably led to intergalactic war where they're like, well, these people suck. They're very racist and they all voted for Donald Trump. And it's like, hey, not all of us. You don't hear about that many UFOs landing in other parts of the world either, which I think is interesting. You you get a lot of Midwestern, Southern United States, but you don't get a lot of European, Asian, South American UFO cases that make major headline news. Mm, they're not all going to land in the United States of America. So that also, I think, detracts from the credibility of this. It's like, oh, it took 4,000 years and they decided to land in Roswell, New Mexico, of all places. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know the amount of UFO sightings in other countries or really about many other UFO, like, big ones that have been documented at all, really. I really, I I knew little about Roswell, and now I know a little bit more about the Roswell incident, but as far as other ones go, I don't know for sure what the generalistics of them are. Yeah, yeah, which I guess... Location-wise. Yeah, I guess that plays a big part into it. I just think of even, like, going back and saying, like, oh, did aliens help the Egyptians build the pyramids? And, you know, whether or not you stand on that point, it's like, oh, that's probably the first place they'd check. They'd they'd pop off for a few hundred years, come back and be like, how are those pyramids going? They wouldn't just land in Roswell, New Mexico and be like in a tiny disc that may or may not have had beings in it. Crash dummies, weather balloons. Get your story straight. As much as I like to uh, hashtag believe there are just maybe too many inconsistencies with the Roswell story that I can't quite get behind it. Yeah, it almost makes it, it doesn't almost, it completely makes it almost even a null point because it's just like there's no, I know every conspiracy is inconclusive, but this one's really like. Yeah, no, this is, it's rough. It is rough. It even, again, as a believer of aliens, where I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely, there are other living species out there. Maybe not. That's not the one that does Yeah, maybe not greys that came to Earth and crash-landed in the fucking New Mexico desert, but, like, Roswell's a rough one. That's a rough sell, so... I guess that is our conclusion on this episode of Pickle Dicks. Pickle Dicks. Welcome on down. We uh, have actually rebranded. We are now called Dickle Picks, the the one-stop shop. Dick 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 Hole Picks. Dick Hole Picks, the one-stop shop for pickles in the Pennsylvania tri-state area. And if you're looking for the f- freshest pill dickles, congratu- congratulations, you found your, your place. And if you're looking for 
quality podcasting, might I recommend National Public Radio, NPR, for those unfamiliar, and um, also our podcast, because we can exist in a dichotomy. Two things can be true. So, welcome to Conspiracy Realists. You know, a lot of effort goes into making this show. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like we're kind of just... Surprisingly. surprisingly <laughs> it, do, it, does, it does. It sounds like we're kind of just fumbling our way through. But there is actually... You know, we, we do our research. And there is a good bit that goes into the editing and the marketing. And frankly, it's gotten to be a bit much. So if you enjoy the show, if you want to support the production of the show... Uh, I might want to recommend that you go to patreon.com forward slash conspiracy realists and commit to the $3 tier to continue the production of this show. And if you want to commit to the $5 tier, you might even unlock some special bonus episodes of conspiracy realists where we talk uncensored unfiltered about the truth unhinged unhinged. just absolutely mad f***ing episodes that you guys on the main feed don't get to hear and if you want to spend even more money if you're just a f***ing loaded son of a bitch you could contribute to the $10 pier and you actually get a sticker of our newly redesigned logo and you can slap that bad boy on your laptop. And then other people will say, hey, what's that? And you'll say, oh, that? That's the Conspiracy Realist logo. I listen to this podcast. And basically, um, it's free advertising for us, and it's a sticker for you. So I would personally recommend going with that tier, but I understand if you want to go for a lower one. So check it out. If you, another thing, another thing. If you are a psychopath and do the, the the ten dollar one for some reason, I will I will give you a a private video of me uh, reviewing pictures of ducks. He will all the all the pictures of ducks I, that it. Nick has collected since we first introduced I'll the ducks. I'll give you a top ten. I'll give you a top. They're 10. good. They are phenomenal pictures of ducks you don't think that doesn't sound good it's better than the podcast you yeah you'd be surprised uh donate you donate but anyway there's the music (laughs) i love you bye checkmate bitch